Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Stories of Darkness. My name is Sean. Thank you so much for listening and for all the support. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Stories of Dark or visit 2d10.com for updates on new episode releases and other gaming-related content. Also, feel free to let me know if there are other stories from the world of darkness you'd like to hear. Our next story is called Smart Money's on Vegas and is from The Guide to the Sabbat, published by White Wolf in 1999. This episode is part one of what will be a two-part series covering this story. I hope you enjoy. I love California. The place is crawling with anarchs who don't want the hassle of Camarilla babysitters, so they booted every last one of them. Now, the whole state's overrun with brat packs of biker and goth licks. Good place to recruit, let me tell you. They all hang out in gangs, too, so they never have civil words for each other. Elm and I have been up and down the state a dozen times in as many years, and no one's wised up to us yet. We roll into town, go local, and convince a handful of anarchs that, hey, the Sabbat's really where it's at if you want to stick it to the elders. It doesn't hurt that we're gorgeous, too. People, even vampires, seem to want to trust beautiful folks. Elm. Actually, her name's Lisa Marie, because her dad was a big Elvis fan, but we shortened it to LM, which just changed into LM over time. Looks like a model off the runway. She always wears this battered straw cowboy hat that makes her look like a junkie, and I guess people just feel safe with her. Initially, anyway. I'm tall and thin, and just shy of LM's attractiveness. That and I have a way with people. People trust her. They do what I say. I slid my fat black 49 Merc up to the curb in front of Package Store. What an exciting name. Elm and I got out and headed into the store. I gave Elm that behave look that I always give her before we do, well, anything. Hey, Charlie! Elm and I are headed to Vegas. We need some money. Charlie, the Asian guy who owns Package Store, looked at me without fondness. I made a Charlie Chan rictus face at him and he opened the register, lifting the till to show me there was no money in it. Slow night, we haven't had any sales yet, Charlie told me. Oh, Chuck, don't lie to me, I said. You know I hate it when you lie. It just breaks my little old heart. Seriously, no one's been in all night except a couple kids who tried to steal some 40s of OE. Look, you fishhead squint. I stepped up to the counter, pressing my face against a bulletproof glass to look Charlie in the eyes. Just give me the goddamn money. The crash startled both of us. Whipping around to face the back of the store, we saw Charlie's wife sprawling halfway out from one of the beer coolers. Ellen looked at me with a smirk. She stood in a pool of blood that gurgled out from Charlie's wife's gut, where the broken glass had cut her almost in two. Oops. Charlie screamed and ran from his little booth, sandals flapping against his feet. He made it about 15 feet before I caught him by the belt and tossed him across the room into one of the coolers near his wife. Fucking hell, Ellen. What's the matter with you? I shouted as I scrambled back to the booth and snatched up all the loose bills Charlie had cleverly stuffed under the register's till drawer. Now we have to go. I didn't care so much about the violence. I see plenty, believe me. As much as I cared about the inconvenience. We'd spent weeks leaning on Charlie, getting him to cough up extortion money and not call the cops afterward. He certainly wasn't going to be too predisposed toward our little scheme anymore. Well, shit, Adam. She tried to grab my tits, and then she said I was trying to steal her husband. Elm, she doesn't speak any fucking English. Go get in the damn car. 
I pulled a drop safe from its mooring and yanked the phone cord from the wall. It wouldn't do to have the pigs or an ambulance show up before we were well on our way out. I spat on the floor as I left, leaving the couple lying in a pile of their spilled innards. Sorry, Charlie. I laughed. Eh, fuck it. We're headed out of town anyway. The Merc needed gas about halfway between San Fran and Vegas, so I pulled into a roadside station. I looked over to Elam, who was just sort of staring out the windshield at the vast flatness surrounding us. I gathered a few of the shadows cast by the buzzing fluorescent lights and wrapped them around her eyes, making her look like Marlene Dietrich on heroin. I leaned across her and kissed her on the mouth. She bit my tongue and sucked a trickle of blood from me before putting her hand on my hip and pushing me away. While I was filling up the car, a blue and white Bel Air chop drop pulled up into the lot with two guys inside. The driver was the kind of guy who would drive this pedestrian classic, a complete cheeseball who looked like he kicked Brian Setzer's ass and took his clothes, right down to the wallet on a chain. The passenger was a black kid with a shaved head and a leopard print shirt. He was wearing glasses even though it was dark. Nice Pontiac, the driver said, getting out. Loser. Uh, it's a Mercury, and thanks. Sorry. On the bottle? Nope. All natural. Nitrous is for girls. Want to go title for title? I smiled, not bothering to hide my fangs. Tell you what, kiddo. You win, you get my car. I win, I get your souls. He hesitated a second, but then nodded his head. Whatever, guy. I blew a kiss to Elm through the windshield and winked. She knew what was going on. So I let the rock star beat me. Between you and me, I could have wasted him easily, but I didn't feel like it. Not that way, anyhow. We both pulled over to the side of the road and climbed out of our cars. The kid was excited with his victory, and I had no intention of turning over my pride and joy. Looks like I won, mister. Pretty smarmy for an ignorant soon-to-be ex-juice bag. I hit the kid. Too hard. And broke his jaw. He looked at me in shock, eyes tearing up, mouth dangling open as a stream of blood and spit poured out. I guess you didn't really win, did ya? I smiled. He turned to run, but Elm stood in his way. I grabbed him around the waist from behind, pinning his arms to his sides. As I lifted him, a cloud of desert dust whiffed up. I hammered him face first against the Bel Air's fender, and his head left a dent in a messy streak of blood. Elm stared at the black guy in the car as she licked a stripe of vitae from the automobile. He yanked off his idiotic sunglasses, and all I could see of him were his eyes and teeth. It was dark, but he was fooling with something at the dashboard. As it turned out, he had taken a gun from the glove box. I dropped the unconscious kid and pulled his friend from the car. Elm snagged the revolver as it flew from his hand. Damn, son, you got some spirit. Trade you, Elm? She tossed me the gun as I shoved the guy into her arms. Cylinder was full. I know you weren't going to shoot me. You just wanted to let me know the gun was there, I bet. So I wouldn't be scared, right? He didn't say anything. The guy squirmed in Elm's grip like a worm on a hook, grunting and gibbering a bit. He was all eyes and teeth again. Check this out, my friend. I stretched out my arm in front of him, pointed the revolver at it, and <laughs> right between whatever those two bones are called. Oh, fuck. Elm, I do believe I've hurt myself. She just laughed and nibbled the guy's ear a bit. Think you can take the heat, kiddo? Elm shoved the kid to the ground and pulled his head up a bit so he could see me and his unconscious friend. With her knee in his back and her arm holding his to the ground, he wasn't going anywhere. I bet you can. I stepped on his wrist and pointed the pistol at the back of his hand. Empty chamber. 
I'd spun the cylinder back while Ellen was taking the guy down. Now he knew I was serious. As if he didn't know before. I fired again anyway, blowing a hole through his hand. Blood spattered into my hair and across Elm's vest. He screamed. A rather uninspired howl, really, but this wasn't exactly exquisite torture. We have a winner, Elm shouted at him, pulling him up to his knees. Now get up. The fuck's your name, anyway? I threw the gun on the ground before him and went to gather up his friend. K-Kevin? The chump managed to stammer. K-K-K-Kevin? Elm sneered. That's such a fucking white boy name. She still crouched behind him, and she snaked her hand around to grab his crotch. I think we'll call you Judas instead. Pick up the gun, Judas. He fumbled for it with his good hand and got it. Now, shoot stray cats here, I said as I heaped the unconscious kid in front of our new friend. Judas pointed the shaking gun at the center of stray cats' back. No, dumb fuck. Shoot him in the back of the head so it comes out his face. Judas had some guts. Of course, he threw up immediately, so no style points for him. Good work, Judas. Ellen, my dear, would you do the honors? Out came the straight razor, which fluttered across Judas's throat in the blink of an eye. I shoved no face into the bell air and jerked the whole thing up and over. Once it was on its roof, I pushed it around a bit so it looked like the driver had lost control and flipped it himself. By the time I finished, Ellen, looking like a pristine mother nursing in the moonlight, had her wrist at Judas's mouth. And that is that, darling. I took a look at Elm's wrist as she stood, and we bound Judas's wrist and ankles with the duct tape I kept in the toolbox. We tossed him in the trunk and finished with a slapdash strip of tape over his mouth, just to be sure. Elm hopped atop the capsized Chevy, kicking at the fuel tank and pulling the line free. Gas spilled everywhere, collecting in sludgy pools in the sand. I flicked my lighter and tossed it toward the car, which went up like a 4th of July display. Elm writhed and swayed as the fire blazed around her. Damn, she's beautiful. We leaped into the Merc and sped off towards Vegas as headlights appeared on the horizon behind us. Just inside Las Vegas, Elm and I got married at a drive through chapel. I didn't have a ring, so I used a loose wing nut I found in the toolbox. Elm said the marriage would never work. She cut off her ring finger with the straight razor and handed it to me, singing, Divorce! I yelled at her for bleeding all over the car, but it was done as soon as it started. I still keep that desiccated little thing in my pocket.